1: what's up friends uh welcome back to another episode of nft 365 we are brought to you by crypto business conference it is a conference for those in web 3 nfts metaverse or those that want to get into this space it is your event to learn in beautiful san diego i'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the podcast you know one of the things that I think we can easily get into, and I think we 've all got into this um, in uh, in any when we're changing or we're transforming um, the way that we 're doing certain things it's easier for us to make assumptions about things that we'd be like, well, normally with, if it 's a younger demographic and we're we're onboarding new people you know there's these certain things that happen, but a mistake that I believe most are making right now in nfts is that they're, they're kind of still thinking pre-pandemic even uh, approaches to what this whole space is all about. And partially what I mean by that is the idea of us just making assumptions uh, that like, you know, certain things about the behaviors uh, of people. And you know what they say about assumptions, right? It makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the assumptions that are made um, around attention, around uh, the demographic and even the type of people that are currently in NFTs and and who I believe will be leveraging uh, the space even more as we go. Uh, But before we do that, we're going to give a a shout out to uh, a project that we actually minted yesterday. Uh, It's actually called the Little Germs. And I will say... Uh, it's one of the most unique and cool, uh, you know, it's, uh, they refer to it as uh, rebuild your own NFT or build your own NFT. But it is a, an NFT project that is, uh, it just started minting. So it's still mint in the mint process right now. You can rebuild and customize your, um, you know, how it actually looks. They have a arcade game. They are multi-chain, so both Poly and Ethereum. Uh, and they even have a token and some tokenomics, uh, you know, included fully doxed uh you know community which of course i really like uh but you get to actually customize all of your traits and so of course i had to customize the one for our mint 365 project which is number 274 in mint 365 and i added i mean it was really cool there was like probably 12 different things that you could you could pick like what the eyeball looked like what the colors were uh and so i thought it was a really unique uh and dynamic uh you know opportunity to kind of think about nfts a little bit differently uh, I believe mint price was 0.049 so right around hundred bucks uh, so I thought it was great uh, shout out to Wanda who is a, a listener of the podcast she's active in our community uh, and I know she's working with them uh, on community with that team uh, and she told us a little bit about the project uh, I love the choose your own adventure style uh, and so she told us a little bit about the project and then uh, now that I dove into it I wish I I, I didn't really I don't think I could comprehend as much as I thought I could on what they were building. Uh, but now that I have, it's actually really interesting. And so I, I ended up spending uh, a couple, it was probably 40 minutes uh, on the website before I minted, just seeing all the different uh, features and benefits. So you can check them out. We'll include the link in the show notes below. But actually, that's part of this whole attention thing, right? You know, For the, most people know, and I think everyone here on, on the podcast knows, You know, I was diagnosed with ADHD uh, when I was 31 years old, so 10 years ago. And, you know, it changed my life and it changed my life because I, I got to understand that, you know, I wasn't broken. I was just different. But it also allowed me to recognize and just kind of own some of the um, nuances that comes with being ADHD and dyslexia. And one of those things that I always hear people say is they're like, oh, you have ADHD, like squirrel, like you must be so distracted. You can never, um, you know, focus your attention. And actually that's, that's wrong I mean, I I I have I have a, a an amazing ability to hone in and 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 hone my attention on certain things. My problem is actually in regulating my focus or regulating uh, where my attention is, right? Or knowing how much time has passed. And so, one of the things that I've heard in a lot of Twitter spaces recently. Is that people will say, well, you know, this younger generation that, you know, they like TikTok, they like short form content, you know, they're jumping into, you know, these uh, you know, NFT experiences and they also have a short attention span. Now, for anyone that's heard me give my keynotes on stage, I debunk this every single time I'm on stage just about because I don't believe the not only the NFT community, but I don't believe the younger generation has a short attention span. I think we make that assumption based on things that we were kind of measuring from before. The things that we have to recognize is that the amount of choices that we now have, the amount of experience that that younger you know generation or even you know millennials and Gen Z have with using screens and understanding content and data. I don't believe that you know today's uh, you know we could just say that today's Web three user has a short attention span. I do believe they have no time for crappy content or no time to feel like someone is wasting their time or marketing or selling them. Like, raise your hand if you're listening to this. Of course, unless you're driving, don't raise your hand. But if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't like being marketed to or sold to. Now, I know some of you are marketers or salespeople, and we just have to own the fact that we don't really like being marketed to or sell, uh, you know, sold to. But what we do like is we like that when people are relatable to us and people build trust. Now, one of the things that I, I talked through in my keynote as well is around that I believe that future of marketing is relatability. And so when I hear people talking and saying, oh, this, this NFT, Web3 crypto community has a short attention span, I believe that's actually doing us a disservice, but with that being said, one of the things that you have to do think about it, is that people, you know, we we, we as a younger generation—I throw myself in there—even though I, I probably don't you know fully qualify in that younger generation now, being over forty. But hey, I, I still I'm still a Toys R Us kid, and I, I don't ever plan on on growing up. But one of the things that we have to think about is that, you know, trust is lacking. And I know I talked about that uh, a couple of episodes back um, when, it come, when it came to understanding uh, the importance of transparency or, or getting naked uh, in Web3, as I explained on that episode. But there is something to be said about things like frequency, things like credibility, things like, um, you know, let's say consistency, affinity, authority, authenticity. Uh, and I'm not just throwing out words that have TY at the end, but today's consumer, especially web three is not only looking at understanding how to build trust and maintain trust, but they're there, I believe, especially in web three right now, we are almost looking at what is wrong or why is this field too good to be true? Where if you think about it in web two, a lot of times when we were presenting something that felt too good to be true, we just assumed they were using data or they were using information or they were targeting us with an ad. But one of the things that's really interesting about Web3 right now is you can't really use ads because for the most part, a lot of platforms, digital marketing and social media platforms, don't allow you to mention crypto or blockchains or NFTs. So right there, it takes away that advertising component uh, of Of this space, the other thing you have to think about is that <laughs> excuse me the the entire funnel is different in this space, and it's different in all aspects of nfts because if you think about it, a lot of times we we have to we have to ask people to trust us not only before we deliver something, but even in many cases before we even have proof of work. Now I'm not talking about proof of work, proof of stake. With the Ethereum merge, I'm talking for the most part, a lot of NFT projects, a lot of this NFT space is built on, trust me, because this is the experience I have and this is what I want to do. But I will tell you, a lot of people haven't actually executed on that in this world. It's why I say right now the number one thing this space needs, it doesn't need mass adoption. It doesn't need more technology. It doesn't need more projects. It doesn't need more blockchains. I can tell you that. What it does need is more use cases that are actually, you know, can be relatable to the audience, to the the communities. Now, why is that? Why do we need more use cases? Well, because for a lot of people, the nuances of NFTs seem strange and awkward. And I agree. Like, I mean, I thought it was so silly and stupid, you know, last May, um, you know, over a little over, you know, a year ago that people were paying $400 for those silly monkey photos. But if we, we think about it from a use case perspective and we take away the blockchain, we take away cryptocurrency, we take away the educating people on their wallet. And rather we focus on use cases and experiences that are enabled by holding this and help people open their mind to what digital ownership looks like, what digital ownership provides us. Well, now that shifts the dynamic. Now we're changing the way that this, you know, is presented to our community or our audience. Now, with that being said, when it comes to, you know, this space, you know, I mentioned some of the things that, you know, today, you know, the web3 consumer is, when you think about attention, You know, I I just think about this from this standpoint. I know a lot of people will sit in a Twitter space or on stage for multiple hours, and it's not just degens. Let's let's be very. You know, there are a lot of people that are listening and learning in a Twitter space. I know it's people that spend hours in Discord every single day, or or a couple times a week. I know people that will research and look at traits on OpenSea. For hours, I, I'm guilty of that. Before, um, you know, I got a couple of my projects. I remember, you know, with Lazy Lions. I remember with Bulls and Apes, uh, Crypto Chicks, uh, spending a, a, a whole bunch of time on there because there's the other part of this that I think is misunderstood. If you're taking a Web two marketer into Web three, and one of those things that I believe is misunderstood in this space is actually the narrative around, you know, when. Because we're, we, we need to be trusted and because we, we are desiring an experience, we have a tendency because every single person preaches, do your own research, and this is not financial advice. I would actually argue when we are you know, marketing or selling or presenting uh, or thinking about how we're going to bring our project to life, it's not about focusing on those that have a short attention span but it's focusing on how do you build trust and then how do you shrink the distance between yourself as the project team and those that you want to own your NFT? How do we shrink the distance? And you might be like, what does that mean? Well, if you know, if we think about it, we're, we're desiring things like, um, you know, the, the frequency or how, how we can read somebody, right? Where we want people that are, you know, credible and consistent, we want people that can share their uh, you know, authenticity and their authority, but also not be of themselves or an annoying crypto bro, which we know exists. And if you think of all of those things, not only does that trust take time, but in many ways, there's even a built-in loyalty. Let, let, let me explain. I think about this a lot, right? Yes, we can talk about there's flipping and we need to stop flip shaming and, and sell shaming people in this space. But the other part of this that I think is also very essential is that, you know, in many cases, when, when a majority of people are buying an NFT, right, let's throw degens out like the flippers, they're buying an NFT if it's, on, if it's on secondary market based on things that they like, the traits they like or the way it looks or maybe the level it provides, if they're minting an the NFT, they're, they're really hoping they mint something rare or something that fits their, um their you know, you know kind of look and their uh, brand, you know, that kind of feeling. And so the interesting thing on that is that I actually think it's the opposite. I actually think the attention span, if you are willing to, if you are able to capture that audience, right? Because that's the hard part, right? Attention is, you know, is the magic, but it's it's capturing their attention, right? Like, how do you stand out? Because- The magic isn't in, like, if you have a great project with great story, great lore, great utility, built-in community, doxed founders, you know, once you grab their attention and they can see all of that, there's a a whole different story involved. But if we take a step back and we actually start thinking about the concept of, you know, what does it look like if someone is, like, researching us and they're saying, like, maybe this could be my... My forever PFP. We hear that a lot, right? And remember, uh, PFP stands for profile photo. And what people mean by that is like it's the one they never want to sell, right? I have a, I have a couple of those in my in my bag. But you know, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do an upcoming episode on a couple different things that fit in here. We're gonna talk. We're gonna do an upcoming episode on story and lore and and what that means in this space. We're gonna do an upcoming episode on um, the kind of different things that are broken in in Web two that can actually be fixed in Web three. And we're also going to talk um, a little bit about like breaking down, um, you know, how do you promote an NFT project or even how do you, you know, empower community after your project's already minted, right? And after that, it, you know, that, that, you know, there's usually that massive spike in uh, dopamine that people get when they buy their NFT and they're waiting for it to reveal. But then the hard part is what do you do between then and when you deliver? So we're going to talk about that on, on a future episode. But the part of this that I think is such an interesting piece is that I believe like actual demographic on how old somebody is or even their their background matters less in Web3 than ever before. Because the other part about this is that if there are certain, you know, th- rather it's like throw out when someone was born or their sexuality and let's actually throw in the the things that they're looking for like what does success look like for them in the nft space or or getting into the metaverse or whatever that may be now the reason that is important is because if your project has a certain utility and a certain you know audience that you want to reach well now you just have to figure out how do i how do i capture their attention right how do i get them to stop stop scrolling their thumb or and this is the magic right for those that are like the The attention game, in my opinion, the problem with the attention game is that we're trying to catch people when they have no interest in being stopped. Right? Like it's like when someone calls your phone, and like for me, I'm loading my kids in the car, and I'm like, I do not want to talk. I don't care who's calling right now. It could be the president of the United States, and I'm not going to want to pick up because at that moment, it's the last thing I want to do. In many cases if someone's on Instagram or scrolling their Twitter feed or maybe you know, even on you know on Facebook or and even sometimes in Discord in those moments a lot of times this web3 community isn't in the time or place to research or bookmark or add to their calendar when you're actually going to mint. The other caveat to this is that you know the attention in this game is actually hard because there's, it's really difficult to find upcoming projects or know where things are at, right? There's multiple blockchains, multiple websites, multiple, um, you know, uh, ways people drop, right? There's the allow lists and white lists, and um, you know, there's pre mintxyz .xyz. There's all of these different you know variables, and so because of that, the complexity behind the the decision to actually want to jump into a project, I believe actually ups the amount of attention um, that the audience, that those that we're trying to speak to are looking for. Now, just because someone's going to give you more of their attention doesn't mean it's easier to actually capture their attention. But as I just mentioned, here's the magic. What we do wrong is that we expect to interrupt people's day-to-day lives. But what we need to think about is how do we go to where they are and present to them in the times and in the the manners that the way that is best for them, like I believe Twitter Spaces, the reason Twitter Spaces work, you know, we we I, I'm a big fan of social audio as a whole. You know, I I, I built a massive following and, and some huge clubs over there on Clubhouse as well last year. But um, I will say one of the things that you know we just have to um you know you know expect and understand when it comes to you know this space and social audio is that you know. As much as it is about authenticity and you can't fake it and you have to, you know, you can't outsource it. You can't have uh, someone else do it. If, you, if you're going to jump into Twitter space and unmute, it has to be you. The other part about social audio that one really in marketing is talking about, it is amazing for multitasking. It's why people don't even want, you know, we record this podcast on video and we post it on uh, YouTube. You know, we just hit, you know, over 1.2 million downloads here of the podcast. We definitely do not have that many views on YouTube. Why? Because people want to consume and learn and listen, but they also want to be doing other things. Maybe you're washing the dishes. Maybe you're uh, at the gym. Maybe you're riding your horse. Maybe you're, um, you know, you're degenning or maybe you're scrolling OpenSea. And so if we think about that, the ideal time to get your project in front of that audience that wants to do research is actually when they're consuming audio. So either getting into active Twitter spaces, co-hosting Twitter spaces, sponsoring podcasts, being interviewed on podcasts is the magic of this space. Because unlike other things, like if I see an Instagram ad for a hat, right? Like, I mean, I'm a hat guy. I I own hundreds of hats. If I see an Instagram um, ad for a hat and I'm I am, you know, walking you know, downtown with my kids. I can literally like, oh, I like that hat. Scroll up, add the shop, buy. I don't need to research the manufacturer, the background of the owner, you know, how consistent they are on delivery. I know I'm going to get my hat. But if I'm doing that same thing and an NFT pops up in my feed and it says, hey, join our whitelist. Um, you know, it's coming out tomorrow. I sure, here's the thing. Not only do I not have enough time for that, but I probably don't have my ledger with me so I can't even uh, connect my wallet. Um, most people don't like minting or buying NFTs on their phone. I do. I've bought a couple hundred NFTs um, from uh, my mobile device. So if you think about that, like part of the education on Instagram or Facebook or, on, or even video, that is about building trust. But when it comes to capturing attention and getting people to take action, in this space more than anything before, way more than web two, it's about finding that opportunity to give them a the chance to get to know you, but also research. I will tell you, this happens to me every single time I'm in a Twitter space. Every single time someone mentions a project or even a project comes in the room and i just clicking on the pictures down the below of the phone, I'm like, ooh, what is that one? I'll click on it, I'll go to their Twitter account, I'll scroll, I'll go to their website, I'll scroll, I'll go check what they have on OpenSea, I'll go back and see you know, who other people on Twitter are talking about this project, I'll try to figure out, you know, how do I get on the whitelist? I might even join their Discord from their phone all while I'm still listening to Twitter spaces. I'm still consuming audio. And so we cannot fall into this trap to say, you know, the Web3 consumer has a short attention span. They just have no time for crappy content. And for them to think about NFTs or crypto or metaverse or gaming, they need to be at the right place in the right place. And it needs to be the right time. Now for every demographic, it's going to need to be different. And I know some of you right now, what you're saying is, Brian, that's great. But my audience, cause I know this is what people are saying. My audience isn't on Twitter or don't, they don't use Twitter spaces. Well, right now, a majority of people in this space, in this NFT web three space are very active on Twitter. Now there are, you know, there are people that are active on TikTok. We're actually live on TikTok right now while we're recording um, there's people that are, you know, of course, uh, Instagram and Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. Uh, not probably not LinkedIn groups. Uh, maybe LinkedIn events. But I say all of that because the the idea of like once you once people have their aha moment in NFTs, which doesn't it's not buying their first NFT. Buying their first NFT is not the aha moment. The aha moment is a is a is a full experience. It's from research to You know, sign up or buy. It's to reveal the art. It's then to see the utility and then it's to put it up for sale. And then it's to sell your first NFT. When someone goes through that life cycle, they become hooked. They want to learn more. They want to find more. Now, the piece of this that will change is let's say six months from now, it's easier to discover new NFTs. Let's say six months from now, email newsletters are the norm for NFT projects. Let's say six months from now, more projects are using SMS uh, marketing. Let's say six months from now, not only can you put your NFTs on Instagram, which we already know they're testing right now, but maybe you're going to be able to buy NFTs through your Instagram by having your wallet already pre-connected. We don't know. Now, if that's the case, now that changes the attention game, changes the way we think about attention. But let's not make the mistake. And I don't care if it's millennials, Gen Z, even Gen Xers, I mean when we say that you know people have a short attention span but I will tell you that, that the new spin-off of Game of Thrones is coming out and I can promise you we will we will I will I'll watch it twice that first day cuz I'm so such a fan of Game of Thrones I love the storytelling that's in that in that series so I don't have a short attention span I will binge watch the living hell out of a Netflix series I will jump into Twitter spaces for hours on end. I will listen to my favorite podcast, Armchair Expert, which in many cases is an hour and a half to two-hour podcast uh, hosted by Dak Shepard. And so let's not allow ourselves to fall into that trap of saying things that were assumptions about younger generations or the way that we did things uh, on the bleeding edge of Web 2 because Web 3 is different. And lastly, I mentioned this at the beginning. We also have to recognize... That we as people are different post global pandemic than we ever have been before, right? What we value, what we think about, right? There are people that would never have thought about getting on video or doing video calls that now still work from home and live on Zoom. There are people that had never ordered groceries before to their house or DoorDash or Grubhub or you know, whatever that your delivery one is. And now it's part of like integrated into their lives. There are people that always went to the grocery store. But now, that maybe like me, and I use Instacart because the little bit of a premium I pay for that actually saves my time and ultimately makes it so I don't buy things I don't need in, in most cases, right? And so if you think about all of those behaviors that we changed during the global pandemic, that also leads into how we change in our consumer behaviors in Web3. The part of that that I think is most interesting is we value connection we value purpose. We value authenticity. We value community way more right now, post-global pandemic, than ever before. And guess what NFTs do? And I know there's NFT haters, and, and you're like, right-click, save, and, and, and I know there's a lot of projects right now that aren't going to last. But ultimately, the true power in NFTs actually solve and provide all four of those things that many people discovered thanks to the global pandemic. So with that being said, I challenge everyone, let's not fall into the trap, let's not make, make these broad assumptions because that's how it was in 2020 or 2019 or kids these days. Like my daughters will play Roblox for hours on end, the same damn hide and go seek game. Don't tell me, gen, uh, you know, what is it, Jen Alpha is, is, has a short attention span either. They just don't have the same attention span for the same crap that we have, right? When my daughter sees a commercial on TV, she is bored right? Because in her world, the idea of, t- of commercials should not exist. Everything is t would Everything is on demand. It's, it's where I want it, how I want it, when I want it, and in the, in the format that I want it. And so if you think about that, that's probably the last piece that I'll share, is the format that you're delivering your content, your marketing, your sales in Web3 must cover the broad, the broad gamut You must have written content. You must have video content. You must have audio content. You must have live content, live video, live audio. You should have recorded audio. You should also have live audio with Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse or Discord for that matter. And so all of these variables because we are very demanding right now as consumers. Like how many people are like, ugh, I can't watch that show on my iPad until the whole season comes out. I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to wait for the whole season to come out. That's kind of where we are as consumers, and we can't you know, ignore that in this Web3 space. As you know, we are brought to you by the Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening in beautiful San Diego, California at the San Diego Convention Center. It is a one-track event uh, happening October 9th through the 11th, put on by Social Media Examiner, uh, you know, a brand and company that has been doing events for many, many, many years. Uh, and this is their, their first and inaugural uh, Crypto Business Conference. So make sure you check that out, socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. Lastly, we also have to just own this, and I just want to leave everybody with this note. Just because people aren't giving you their attention doesn't mean that they're not interested in what you have to say. They might just not be in the time or place to consume that. So we have to ask ourselves, how are we creating content on demand and not letting ourselves be out of sight, out of mind. I believe way too many projects, way too many founders, way too many leaders in this space, they don't value and they don't realize it until they step away. And I'm not telling you to overdo it. I do not like the grind hustle culture. I'm not telling you to spend all your days in Twitter spaces and in discords. But I am saying that those things matter. When I hear people say, Brian, why are you in a Twitter space for two hours after you just did your you know, recorded podcasts? Because guess what? If people like consuming live audio on Twitter spaces, and I get up there and tell them what we're doing with this podcast, it's a daily podcast. We're buying an NFT every single day for a year. We're going to sell it as a collection. We've minted on 15 blockchains. When people hear that on Twitter spaces, and they're like, well, not really a podcast thing, but I like the way he explains things, and it sounds really interesting. For me, it's a no brainer. For me, if, if, if maybe we have some podcasters listening, right I know some shout out to uh, my friend Travi. I know Travi uh, you know just launched his own uh, you know podcast. I know Crypto Chicks is rolling out a, a podcast. I know Crypto dads uh, has a really powerful podcast. I believe podcasters are neglecting Twitter spaces and audio because if they like you on social audio, the likelihood of them going and downloading a podcast app or subscribing to your podcast is way higher than them just seeing your memes on Twitter or your quick behind-the-scenes on Instagram stories or your witty gifts on, uh, you know, something like Discord. So as always, my friends, do your own damn research. This is not financial advice, but it is attention advice. We don't have a short attention span. We just don't want to be sold to. We don't want to be marketed to. And we sure as hell don't have any time for people that are wasting our time. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day.
0: the mint 365 collection 100 day countdown is on we're counting down to november 11th when we'll auction off all 365 nfts as one collection including a custom mosaic of all the art want to bid on this one-of-a-kind web 3 time capsule For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me. And as always, this show is not financial advice.